Jeremy Spoken Class today. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Hey guys, this is uh, Alex Sturgeon. I'm Will Brinton. And we're here for our third episode of the Hobbyplex Show podcast. And I am uh, really excited that we actually are going to have a sponsor that's going to allow us to do a couple more shows a month. So instead of once a month, we're probably going to have three shows a month is what it sounded like. We don't have anything officially written out yet, but I do want to give a shout out to a Pivot Lending Group. They do home loans like mortgages and stuff. And uh, I was told the rates are really low right now. They do a good job of, of selling. Uh, yeah, if you're living getting, in a shed getting, or something. Yeah, just, getting home homes paid for. Just call it pivot. Get a house. <laughs> Don't live in a shed anymore. So in the future, we're going to have like this written out thing. And I'm gonna we're going to plug them in the middle thing. But it is Aiden Olson's dad. Yeah. That is hooking us up with this uh, for advertising's sake. But also he wants to support the show. He's listened to it. And he's like, he, he told me, he's like, you guys sound really good. Very professional. Of course, that's not us. That's my mm. sister and oh, webrise.com yeah. doing that. That's not, uh, that doesn't have anything to do with us other than uh, just being able to talk about stuff for an hour. My mom's husband works for Burlington or no BNSF and here in Omaha. And every time I see him, he talks about how good the podcast sounds and he always listens to it. So maybe we can get like, BNSF to sponsor the nice. podcast. Yeah, you know, and the thing was, was I, I it's weird because uh, he approached me about it and and I was thinking that, that sometime in the next couple of weeks, I was actually going to write out like a sponsorship proposal and try to get more sponsorships to cover the cost of producing this podcast. Yeah. And he just happened to come up on Saturday during the crash and was like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, oh, it's a great idea. So- Sound, you, sounds like he's in like Flynn. Yeah. Well, not he is in like Flynn. And uh, so again, Pivot Lending Group is going to be a, a nice sponsor of the show. Yeah. We could do like a sweet commercial like, hey, Alex, I heard you're looking for a house the other day. Is that true? And then you're like, yeah, of course I am. Uh, dude, have you heard of Pivot Lending Group? Yes, I have. I was going to tell you to do that, to buy a house because I heard you're looking for a place to get a loan or something. So <laughs> you should call... Aiden Olson's dad. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, uh, I'm glad we got that out of the way. I just, I was exciting news. That's, that's kind of one reason why we're here kind of early because we were scheduled to do one next Monday, but we had a pretty big event this weekend at the Plex and I wanted to go over that. I didn't want to like let a week go by where, you know, we start to like lose our memory and stuff. Yeah. Also, there's some really big hobby news that happened this week. The Dirt Nitro Challenge was out. And mm -hmm. uh, did we just do what's called a cold open? Yeah, I think so. I'm freezing over here. Nice. Let's get into some hobby news. How about that? Sure. The Dirt Nitro Challenge was this week. And a great thing happened. Seth Van Dalen, who's been coming down to the Hobbyplex since he was like 12 years old, was your pro buggy top qualifier. He also TQ'd, was it the Southern Nats about a month I, ago? Is I believe he did TQ around. I don't know if he had the overall. Okay. I'm not sure. I guess I'm not sure. I guess I honestly don't I know. Remember. I know he was out front at the beginning. Maybe right. he did TQ. I thought he TQ'd Buggy again there too. 
either way, to be top qualifier at the Nitro Challenge is really, really hard. Yeah. I've been there. I went there in 2011. The race is grueling. It's a week long. You don't get much track time. I mean, you get two seven-minute runs or something like that per class. You don't get the ample amount of practice that a lot of us are used to mm-hmm. when you show up to a race. And part of that's because they had 600 and something entries. Yeah, they never cap it. It's well, always... I didn't, I was always told they never capped it. They just took as many entries as they could get. I think a couple of years ago when they did fifth scale, when they had a fifth scale track, a 10 scale track and an, and an eight scale track, I think it was like 1100 entries for that. Oh, And okay. I think they decided that that was too many because it, it just went on and on and on. And I think on the eight scale side, I think it approached one year, like 700, 800 entries. Mm-hmm. I, I remember the year after that, he said he was going to limit it. Oh, okay. But I don't, I, I think if you showed up the day of, you probably still could have raced. Yeah. Because when I, mean, I was, when I was there in 2011, dude, he was taking hundred dollar bills for entries like five minutes before the heat started. Yeah. He was out on the track watering, prepping for the race and people were coming out to Joey like, Hey man, I want to enter blah, blah, blah. And he just would give the guy, he would give Joey money and then they'd run up to hmm. the booth and they'd add him in. So yeah. Yeah. Um, they'll take your money. Well, yeah. like yeah, that's I mean, the thing. If you're saying they're great to give them some money for racing, like yeah. I, I would take it. You know, basically, every all the kids that have been racing the Plex the last ten years now, because we've been in, indoors since 2011, and that's when things really started to get good. Mm-hmm. And we had a consistent track, and all these young kids that were 12 and 13 years old that have been with us the whole time to see a lot of them progress. To the point where like Seth is or Tom Renanek is or Mason Fuller is or even Aiden Olson for that matter. It's just exciting to see because before the internet, before Facebook, social media stuff, I felt like RC was very California centric. Yeah. Don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, it's always been that way. There are Florida. That are, know, yeah. The winter champs and everything. But I mean, you look at guys like Adam Drake and Todd Hodge and Ryan, Ryan Lutz. I mean, they're like from Ohio and mm-hmm. Michigan. Yeah. But they still had to go to California. Right. Right. Where now it's like, because of how visible everything is, we can see, you know, everybody. So when, when somebody kicks somebody's butt now, it's, it's on, it's on the Facebook. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, that kid won. Yeah. And then you look at the results and it's like, oh, he won by two laps. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then they finally get a chance to, to go somewhere big and prove it. I think when I was, when I was like at the 2006, 2007 RC pro nationals one year, this kid came up and he's like, what, what do I need to do to be like them? And I'm like, well, don't waste your opportunity when you have it. You're here right now in front of all these people. Make sure your stuff's good. Make sure you drive good. Otherwise it's not going to matter. Like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. And so just to see, just to see Seth go down there on probably the roughest track ever that I've seen in a while. Well, Silver State last year was pretty rough, but yeah, or the was it the 2016 World's Track in Vegas? Yeah, that truck got pretty rough too. Yeah, there there was whole I don't know how big the holes were at DNC this year, but I know they the, were pretty the, big. At the Vegas Worlds there's people like laying in them and they still yeah. didn't fill up the gap. So, uh I watched I stayed up last night and uh I watched the mains. Um, luckily it didn't rain or anything yesterday. It rained on Saturday. So the truggy main was super late and I missed it. I didn't stay up long. I couldn't stay up anymore because we had that big long race and I think I'd been up for almost like 16 hours. Yeah. I just watched 
I watched the first five minutes of it or, and then just fast forwarded the last 10 minutes. Mm. I, I don't know. It was like 1230, one o'clock. And I was like, I'm, <laughs> so, I, uh, I'm not going to remember a whole lot anyway. So. so funny story. I got a colonoscopy today Yeah, and I had to take the bowel prep stuff after work yesterday. So we had our crash in event, which we're going to talk about later, Saturday. I ate Saturday night at like nine o'clock. And then, uh, I watched, I think I was able to watch the Truggy B main or something like that. Mm-hmm. Went to sleep, could not eat anything Sunday. I wasn't allowed to eat nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was a douchebag at work. So mm-hmm. I was trying really hard to just like not interact with people as much as I could, but we were crazy big, busy Sunday. So I had to fake it and put a smiley face on, even though I was, I was stressing out with how hungry I was. And uh, I'm not used to not eating. Yeah. I have to eat something. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. There's a, there's either a drink in my hand or there's a, or there's something. You could only have like water or what? Yeah. Water. That's it. Or I, I guess something, mm-hmm. anything, any clear liquids is what they called it. And I'm not a clear liquid guy. I drink, I drink kickstart and like milk. You definitely couldn't have milk. I don't so, drink milk. I don't like milk. It looks eh, weird. Chocolate milk's pretty awesome. No, <laughs> nope, no milk. So Sunday night, I, I count the drawer. I get home at like six 30 and I start taking the bowel prep. So mm-hmm. I'm in the bathroom a lot. And yeah, so just uh, shotgun in the toilet. Yeah. So finally the main, the A main comes on right when I'm starting to calm down and I'm not mm-hmm. running back to the bathroom anymore. It was great. So I got to watch the entire uh, pro buggy a main and based on how the track was, I'm like, this is going to, I would not want to start first. I, I, I was like, man, I, I don't know, Seth, I, I don't feel that's a, that's a good place to start from right now because of how crazy bumpy and crazy the track was. Yeah. And the second corner, uh, the track caught him, flipped him. He tried to get going again. And then here comes 10 cars over this double jump and just ran right into him. Yeah. And, uh, so he was kind of back in the pack from the get go, but I was watching him kind of go back and forth. I think he finished 10th and that's still respectable out of 15 in the main. Definitely. And especially in pro buggy. Mm -hmm. Right. So even though he didn't podium or win at the dirt nitro challenge, he did TQ to me. That's a huge, big deal. It's a big deal for techno too. Right. You know, cause techno's got their new car and then Tebow got second. Right. Yeah. So that was the other thing I was, is the end of the race was super exciting. The fact that Ronald Falk was Gandhi, mm-hmm. right? He was double single and everything. Like he was not going to crash out. So it wasn't really exciting to watch them, but it was exciting to watch Mayfield, Fend, and Tebow battle there until the end. And uh, Tebow finally was able to get that two spot. The cool thing about watching those guys, and I think this is something that that I personally could learn the next time I race on a super rough track. Cause it's been a really long time because I personally don't like racing on rough tracks. I'm a smooth track guy. The hobby plex is always pretty smooth. Even our local events around here, like, like the old hobby Haven race. I mean, generally speaking, that was a fairly smooth outdoor track. Oh yeah. You know, so you, but you give me on a rough track and I was always terrible, especially in my eight skill days, the line choice that they did. You just watch, watch the replay and watch where they're driving their cars. Yeah. And they're like using the pipe to turn. Like they're like so close to the pipe. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, they're right on the edge of it. But, mm-hmm. but this is also like, uh, when Tebow was down to, at the Plex talking about, uh, when he was doing his, um, uh, clinics, yeah. you know, he was stressing how important it was to walk the track. 
and to and to see things on the track, just like and he he equated it to to motorcycle racing, where they're doing the same thing. They're 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 looking for holes to avoid, what they can use on the track to get traction and stuff. That's exactly what Mayfield, especially Mayfield and 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 Tebow, when they were really when Mayfield was trying to stay in front of him during that main. I mean, they were swinging out way wide in some spots, and I think the un uh, unseasoned yeah the unseasoned racer would go. Why are they going that way? Well, it's because the inside's a minefield mm-hmm. and it would literally crash your car if you went through it. They're searching for the smoothest part of the racetrack to go on so that they can keep the speed up. And they they found the six inch or seven inch part of the jump that was still good. Yeah. And they were able to stick their car there almost every single time. Some of the guys in the back of the pack, that's why they're crashing a lot. Watch their lines. They're on the inside part of the pipe mm-hmm. or the middle. And they're, they're, they're hitting the jumps in all the wrong places. And that's why their cars are doing all sorts of weird stuff. And that's why your top three, top four were able to gap so much, you know? Yeah. It's just a cool race to go to watch. And we're also lucky enough for live RC to, to, that they were there to get the coverage. I think their coverage was really good again this year too. Oh yeah. I think any race they go to, the coverage is always just fine. It's weird because they haven't been, it feels like they haven't been covering as many events as they used to? Well, I mean, it probably has to do with, uh, like, what kind of return on investment are they going to get from going to one of these events, right? right? Yeah. So, and what kind of sponsors do they have? Like, if they don't have people either paying them to go, you know, or paying to advertise on their media platform for that event, it doesn't make sense for them to go, right? you know? Like, the Reedy Race, when at, I would get home at night, and I would just turn on YouTube and rewatch all the races. Yeah. And then, tonight, you know, this this weekend I was able to get home, turn on and see live some of my buddies out there, you know, racing on the track. Yeah. That's just the coolest thing. We're super lucky to get that. Oh, I think so. Who else did good? I think Wiggins did good. Jared Wiggins. He's not necessarily a local guy, but he comes to a lot of our events. Yeah. He, he travels all over the place, but he definitely likes, he seems to like, he seems to enjoy the Hobbyplex a lot. Um, I think so. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Super nice kid. And I've watched him growing up too. I think the last time I legitimately beat him was 2015 or something like that. An e-buggy mm-hmm. a long time ago. I beat him at the Plex. Oh, nitro buggy. In nitro buggy? Yeah. I know I did. It would have been like 16, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if we, if we could do that now. Uh, I, probably I, I probably I probably couldn't. I don't know. You probably could. Maybe. You're still young and you got and you got the knowledge and the talent and the trigger finger for that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just depends on how much I want to work on it. Like, I mean, Nitro isn't my bag baby. I just kind of did it just to have a good time with it, you know? Yeah. If I spent a lot more time on it, I'd probably do better. But, I mean, those guys just have uh, kind of a natural talent for that sort of thing. So, And they have like a like an extra gear. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch. They, they, they turn it up to 11. Nobody? This thing on. <laughs> oh, was that a joke? Yeah. Jesus, I'm so <laughs> Have sorry. Have you ever seen Spinal Tap? What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Oh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. And then oh. the other guy's like, couldn't you just make 10 louder? And the guy at Spinal Tap's like, this goes to 11. Like, uh, I, n- I'm, I never seen Spinal Tap. Man. The I'm documentary. Sorry. I know. I know of the movie, mm-hmm. and I think I've seen snippets of it, but I've I've never actually watched the entire movie. 
It's like Monty Python stuff. Like you would think that I should know that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually sat through an entire Monty Python movie. Dude. I know. I really thought this uh, friendship was going to work out. (laughs) (laughs) I can probably go verbatim any South Park episode if you want. Yeah, we do that a lot. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, So Wiggins, I think Wiggins uh, bumped up to the A in pro Mm e-buggy. And then I think he just missed it. I can't remember if he missed a cut or not in Truggy. Yeah. I thought he just missed it. I know Seth bumped up in pro Truggy because mm-hmm. I watched I watched most of that race. Anyways, the Dirt Nitro Challenge, it's kind of like, uh, for those listeners that don't know what it, that is, it's the, the biggest Nitro race of the year. The Reedy race, which we talked about last time, is probably one of the biggest electric races, 10 scale of the, of the, of the year. The Dirt Nitro Challenge is definitely the biggest nitro race of the year and it's in february and it used to be in arizona so it was always a nice getaway now it's in southern california so it's still a nice getaway it's at basically a better location it seems like for the teams so it's not as expensive to travel to even though arizona is just down the street from you know three hours away from san diego or whatever yeah um it's even closer now it's actually way closer to hemet where this race originated from in the early 2000s it's on YouTube. Looking back in the Hemet location, the Hemet track was quite a bit smaller and way rough. I mean, it was crazy rough back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's back in the day when you didn't touch the track at all. Like you would build the track and be like, there you go, have at it. And then yeah. the track would just disintegrate. But like we said, this race gets like 600, 700 entries a year. There's multiple classes of eight scale off road, of eight scale truggy off road, of electric eight scale. And, um, it's something that we all kind of look forward to as well to, to go watch. One more thing before we go to something else, but there wasn't near as many locals going to this this one this year as there was in previous years. Mm-hmm. Like I think the Fullers went the last couple of years. I I know they weren't there. Yeah, they were racing at the compound at their winter series on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I think Seth and Jared, who I I kind of consider local just because they raced with us enough. They were they were definitely there. There was another dude, um, Chris Stapes. Yeah, was, was there racing sportsman Randy Romanick. He always goes to that race. Yeah. Even though he doesn't race at home ever. That's like the only time he races every year. <laughs> he just goes, like, he just buys, buys all new stuff yeah. and goes out there and, and I don't know, for all, for all we know, he goes there a week ahead as all his brand new cars drop yeah. shipped or no, something. No, he does go there a week ahead. Yeah. Yeah. B- builds them there and then just like sells them at the track <laughs> after the race. All right. I'm good till next year. But that's I think enough. that's it. I, I don't, I can't think of anybody else local that went to that race. I think a lot of that has to do with because, uh, frankly, nitro off-road just isn't that big anymore. Yeah. E- even in the summertime locally. I know that there's, um, there's, there's, they're trying to get that resurgence around here. I think um, Thunder Road in Illinois is probably our closest now. Thunder Road is in uh, Minnesota. Thunder Alley? Thunder Alley. That's in California. No, it's, there's another, there's another Thunder Road. Is there? It's in Moline, Illinois. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Okay. And they have a nice outdoor track. I think that's the, besides fast lane, I think that's in Kansas oh, city. Okay. So you have fast lane and you have that one. At, and both of those are like four or three hours away. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, and then of course our stuff mm-hmm. is all winter time. We don't, right. we don't really do any nitro in the summer. Mm-hmm. The hobby news. Other than that, there's not much else. Uh, I do want to mention that the, uh, AMA, uh, Academy of model aeronautics. Yeah, there you go. Um, they just had a new podcast. I think you can find it on YouTube mm-hmm. where they're talking about these new regulations that are going to get drop the hammer on March 2nd. Oh, okay. You can also go to modelaircraft.org 
that's the actual website for the AMA. I encourage, if you're into flying, I encourage you to become a member anyways because you get insurance. So even if you're flying out in a park, I think you get some sort of coverage. Yeah, it's like a, it used to be when I did it, you're covered for a million dollars or something. Um, But also they have links to where you can um, uh, fill out the comment forms Mm -hmm. on these stupid regulations that they're trying to incur with this, with this um, RC identification thing. Yeah. This remote identification that's going to jack up the cost of, of airplanes and everything else all because of these drones. Yeah. And I'm not an anti-drone person. I never have been, but the more that I read about this and the more that I get into it, I'm like, gosh, darn it. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we going there? Cause, cause basically, you know, this could not only ruin our sales at the Hobbyplex, but in general, like just make, just make the price of stuff so out of reach for average people. Yeah that nobody would want to fly or all these companies are going to be forced to make stuff and they kind of already are, but forced to make stuff smaller. Mm-hmm. So they, so they get underneath the rules. Yeah. Well, and then you can't fly outside very easily. No. Like you have to wait till dusk or dawn. Yeah. Like anything lower than like seven mile an hour wind. Yeah. Like or indoors. Means, yeah. Or indoors, you know, which is not many places that are big enough to fly some of these things indoors. Yeah. Um. So I just want to throw that in there. I've gotten quite a few emails from like the, the Omaha's president and uh, some of the board members and stuff too mm-hmm. um, with links. And they've kind of shown what they've written out, you know, to just try and get people to comment on this, on this rule thing. And hopefully somebody with some brains will. Yeah. Brains are good. We'll actually go. Yeah. We should probably not mess with this. This is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to write something to, I was basically going to lie through my teeth, mm-hmm. but I ended up not doing it because I was just like, look this, I work at a hobby store This is a huge part of our business. If you ruin it, we're going to have to focus on something else. And you guys want us to close? I don't get it. Like, you know, but I was going to write, I used to be a crackhead. (laughs) And then I discovered airplanes, model airplanes. (laughs) Let's move on to just a quick uh, couple new products that came in at the Plex. I know you're not quite an airplane guy. I used to be. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure you can still fly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we got in the uh, 1.5 meter air tractor from eFlight. Yeah. And eFlight, ever since Horizon Hobbies kind of picked up FMS, I feel like both FMS and eFlight planes, they're just getting more and more better. Like they're just more scale. Um, it seems like uh, the quality has been pretty good. If there is a problem, we've had, you know, one or two things happen to a couple planes. Like I think one of these, um, uh, Oh, this F-18 jet we had had like a bad landing gear. Yeah. Horizon took care of it like instantly. Sure. So they're doing really good with that. But they're selling really well. And it's because of all the cool stuff that we can do with foam now. Yeah. And a lot of it's the glues used to hold hold the foam together. Like a person like me, RC cars, it's always been my passion. It's always been my thing. I I love putting cars together. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I get a new kit and I'm like... I'm in, I'm in my man cave, putting it together for four hours, five hours, got music on. I'm having the time of my life. I get it done. I look at it. I'm like, that's freaking cool. Mm-hmm. You know, airplanes. I just want to buy them and fly them. I don't want to build nothing. Yeah. I don't mind building airplanes. I like them to be, I don't like them to look like anything. I want them to be function over look and I want them to be easy and practical and um, I want them to be 
something that is like extremely simple, but engineered in a way that's like complicated, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. like a less is more Mm. type thing. So like when I flew airplanes, I used to fly, uh, flat profile airplanes. Right. And those are extremely cheap and simple. And you put them together with, uh, a uh, hot glue gun or something. Yep. That's what I always use. It's a hot glue. You make your, all your hinges with hot glue. Yep. Like it, was, it was pretty neat. I've always been to 3D. Mm-hmm. 3D's always been attractive to me, When even before I was flying. Yeah. On the simulator, I'd always try the the um, the, the yak. Yeah. You know, the big yak that always flew really nice mm-hmm. on the simulator. But again, I didn't really, I'm I'm not too much into the scale stuff either. I, you probably won't see me with like a warbird or something like that. No. Usually those things have to fly so fast and get so much air underneath them. They don't make a lot of sense like yeah. to me, but, um, and a lot of the jets now, the, mm-hmm. the air, the ducted fan stuff, it's super sexy looking. I mean, they all look really good. I, when I was a kid, when I was in, in, in like, I was like 12 when desert storm was going on mm-hmm. and I could name off every single airplane that was being used in that, in that war. Hmm. I probably still could honestly. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd have to, you know, retrieve some some memory. But, but even jets now, like they're they're super sweet looking, but I don't have much interest in flying them. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just want to be able to float and twist and do all that stuff. Yeah, like it. So when it's flying, it doesn't look any different or do anything different than when it's sta- standing still. It's going yeah. in a straight line really fast, but it's still not doing a whole lot. You know. So this air tractor is kind of like um, it's like a Piper Pawnee. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you could also call it. Yeah. And it's like a crop duster. Yeah. So it's, it could be aerobatic. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, definitely a scale plane, but I'm, I'm kind of curious about it myself because I wonder if I could, what if I could hover it? Yeah. E-Flight used to have this really sweet biplane. It was a 3D plane. I had one and it was one of the first of the. Was it an ultimate? Micro. Yeah. It was an ultimate 3D and it had those. Uh, dams that you could yeah, put on dams. it, yeah, yeah. and that thing would just be at that, a at a stop yeah. at a gym. Uh, that was probably my favorite. I've got an ultimate too, yeah, um, the big plane. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I love flying that little guy. Yeah, they had that micro beast, right? That, those like those are ones that I always really like. And the, and the UMX Yak too that we sell a lot of at the store. Yeah, I had one of those last year, and I trashed that thing. I crashed it so much. Yeah, I needed to reinforce it with carbon fiber. So that's about it. <laughs> it's been a weird week where there hasn't, I mean, there was some new stuff, but there, then there, there wasn't some new stuff. We had, we did our what's new Wednesday uh, on Thursday mm-hmm. because on Wednesday we didn't get anything in, but on Thursday I got a bunch of stuff that I had ordered from like a main and stuff for crawling. One of those things was the, uh, uh, the new proline big bore shocks. Yeah. So now crawling looks like they're going to bigger bore shocks, but it's weird to me because I thought the whole point of scaling was to be scale. I don't think big bore shocks are very scale. They look like slash shocks to me. Yeah, that's a little annoying. But they probably well, I mean, work really good. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I you're probably we'll probably see some of those on on some rigs and stuff. I bet you a lot of C three rigs. We'll yeah. Have those on them. But I got an associated enduro, and I think the shocks that are on them are just right. But we got them in. They're actually not that expensive. I think they're cheaper than their than their um, their pro spec. Scalar shocks by like 20 bucks. The winner is the big thing I wanted to get to, um, was some race results. Yeah. Let's start with the techno series first. Yeah. Because that, that happened first two weeks ago, right after we did our last show. Um, we had our techno series 
And we had talked about how round three had 201 entries. Uh, round four only had 150. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Whew. Not that I'm saying that I wouldn't want 200 entries, mm-hmm. but 150 is just so much more manageable. Yeah. Like it's not as near of a long of the day, especially with nitro racing, because mm-hmm. your mains are long. And I don't want to cut the main times down. I don't think that's fair. People are paying money to come yeah. you know, race and get their full mains in. So I'm not going to take the half hour, you know, main any no, shorter. No, there's no reason to do that. Some interesting things happen. So, uh, like Jay Callaherka, who's been uh, dominating pro four the last couple of years, he yep. looks, it looks like he finally got beat by our guy, Matt Robinson, local guy. Oh, okay. So that was good. And Matt, I'm looking at the picture of the podium. Matt's got this big honking Ford body on his truck. Yeah. And that's, what's awesome about pro four is <laughs> it's a lot like scale crawling. Almost. You can put on a big honking body if you wanted to, and it's not really going to affect that much. Yeah. I, you know, a couple of years ago, all the bodies were kind of starting to get similar mm-hmm. and had this similar shape and stuff. And now it seems like that class again, we had two heats, so it's not dying off. Yeah. It's just not that, not that often. Like we don't, we're still not getting any on Friday nights. But for the Techno Series, you're still getting two heats. So, I don't know. thought that was pretty cool. Um, it, I was looking at the points. I'm pretty sure Zach Van Dalen has Truggy wrapped up. Because yeah. he has now won, I believe, every single round. That's pretty cool. Chris Morant got third. And, uh, oh, Greg Bommel. Der. Okay, Greg Bommel got second. Chris Morant got third. Uh, Emerson. I'm going to talk about my son again. Because it's my show. and <laughs> But... Uh, so we were, we're doing 10 minute stops and we had this thing strategy wise. Emerson was doing great. We had this thing going so well and he broke a wheel. Otherwise he had at least second in the bag. Yeah. And we broke a wheel halfway through 15 minute mark Hmm. and he's out. So Emerson now I told Emerson at the start of this weekend, I said, look, there's two guys. You got to make sure you finish in front of Jeremy Whiting and Greg Baumel. Mm -hmm. And he, we broke a wheel. So that's pretty much done. I, yeah. I, I think that's your top three, Zach, Jeremy, and Greg. We got one more round to go. There's still three points between Jeremy and Greg. Um, they've been coming from Wisconsin every round now, and they've been doing great. I think Jeremy Whiting TQ'd again. Yeah, he did. He, he TQ'd the last two weeks. He just needs to finish that off with a win. But Jeremy, or Zach Van Dalen's got 401 points, so it's pretty much over Yeah. at this point. I'm going to see if I can get Emerson up there again on the podium and who knows? Maybe we can get the top three, but he's going to make up five points. Ooh. That's hard in yeah. one in one race, especially when these guys are all you know super consistent. Yeah, some pretty crazy stuff has to happen. Yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. Going down the list here, uh, Nitro Buggy, Seth Van Dalen, and Jared Wiggins got second. Chris Morant got third, and that's a podium picture. That's that should be. I mean, you just juxtapose a couple of those guys every once in a while, and that's pretty much what it is almost every month. Mm-hmm. give or take a little bit. If Chris is here, you know, he's usually up there. Same thing with Jared. Yeah. And of course, Seth is, is Seth is just on another level in the main. Like he was just, he was doing awesome. Yeah. So, uh, sport, uh, sportsman, Jake Stoltzing, mm-hmm. uh, he did uh, really good. And Tim Crystal got second. And I think last round's winner, um, Bill Nichols, um, got third. So that's another good podium. Um, and then e-buggy, and uh, Seth Van Dalen again with the win and Clayton Widmeyer, another one of our local dudes. And he doesn't race that often anymore because he's busy with college. He's almost done. He's a senior. Yeah. 
Um, but he's, he's actually still sponsored by techno and AK mm-hmm. and, uh, um, he got second. Wow. He started the day off kind of slow, actually. I remember. And then, and then, uh, progressed in qualifying and then in the main, I mean, he was, he was on it. Uh, and then Wiggins got third. Hmm. So again, these podium spots with these guys, it's kind of the same dudes, you know, every once in a while you get a surprise in there, but, but really, you know, if Seth and Jared are here, you kind of, you kind of know what you're up against. Yeah. Last round with Tebow here, of course, you know, you definitely know what you're up against. Yeah. You know, and then it, it kind of brings the main to a whole different level. And then just looking at points, I'm pretty sure that Seth has one e-buggy because he has a nine point lead over Ashton Abdul, who's in second right now. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, and he's got 400 points. So if you do the math, there's no way that Ashton could get up to that number. So I think uh, Seth's got that one. And let's see, in uh, Sportsman Electric Buggy, uh, Ashton McCormick, even though he didn't win this round, um, he's got a pretty substantial lead. It's 11 points. And he's got a 402, so he's locked it up. In Truggy, like I said, uh, Zach's got it. And then Expert Nitro Buggy, Seth has gone four for four TQs and wins. So he's definitely got it locked up. He doesn't even have to race next round if he didn't want to. And then Jared, Jared's actually been here. He's only missed one round. Remember we talked about at the start of the year, how sometimes he doesn't come for the whole thing. I think he's going to be here next month. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, and then Jeremy Moreau, uh, is right now in the three spot for the end of the year podium. Oh, that's cool. So that is really cool. And he's been just looking at his points. He's been pretty consistent, kind of the middle of the mains. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome how it's turned out this year. I'm, you know what I'm super happy about? There's no stupid ties. I hate ties. Yeah. Ties are the worst because my standing rule for these things has always been your low score is the throwout total is the tiebreaker. So if you don't show up and the next person's got a, you know, 88, the 88 still beats the zero no matter, no matter what. Yeah. But if there's a second tie, you know, I'd always go to the next lowest tiebreaker. Well, what if there isn't a next lowest tiebreaker? Then what do you do? Mm -hmm. And that's only coming to play one year. And I screwed it up. I should have given the sportsman title to um, a different person. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know and that. I feel I felt really bad about that. So I, I had a year to stew about it. Actually, I had not a year. I had a couple months because I wanted to impl- implement that same thing for the summer series. But now it's it's podium spots. Like so, if you have a tie all the way down to past your second drop, and one person's got a third place and the other person doesn't have any podiums then the third place trumps the zero or the, the higher finish counts more than a couple third place finishes. So if one person's got a first and the next person's got two thirds to me, the first place trumps the third place. Yeah. That's just the way I think. I think if you want to race, that's better than two thirds, I guess when it comes down to that. So luckily I, I've looked through these points and I don't see any crazy ties this year Yeah, that I have to worry about. That's always good. Yeah. Makes me feel better uh, when I'm, when I'm getting ready to hand out those plaques. So there's no controversy. Yeah. You know, or complaining, which doesn't happen often, but you try to avoid it as much as possible. Okay. Well, let's talk, uh, let's talk crash in. This weekend was our third annual carpet crash in off-road race. And this one, finally, we finally had a big race turnout. Yeah, I would say so. How, I know it wasn't, a, it was over a hundred. It was right? 112 entries. Nice. 
And it's like perfect size for one or a, realistically a two day event. You right. Know? Yes. Like if you're going to try to do it all in one day, um, if it was anything more than that, it probably would have been. 150 would have been long. That would have been. But long. I still think we would have gotten done at 10. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, we just burned right through those qualifiers mm-hmm. and everybody was doing a good job on time. And uh, I'm a little gassy today. The colonoscopy thing. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Yeah, they go till they hit the back of your teeth or what? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Anyways, so let's just do the rundown here. We had, what was it, seven classes? Eight classes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We had eight classes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with Plexpec. Plexpec was, we had five entries. Yeah. And I thought we'd have a little bit more. There's a couple locals that didn't come out, like the Nemix. Yeah. But I wonder if it's just because of the entry fee. Could have been. I mean, we, for Plexpec, it, we only charge you 15 bucks, but it is a big race and we are buying plaques. So we got to charge you more than a standard Plexpec entry fee. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of wonder if like, and I, it's weird that people feel this way sometimes because I never felt that way. Like, should I not go to this race? Cause I'm just racing Plexpec or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, that too. Yeah. And I, I don't know if people think like that or not. I know I hear people think like that. I've never thought like that. I've always wanted to go to whatever's going on. You know, I always like being involved, even if I'm, you know, and I, I love last having, in the B, last place in the B main. Like I, I, I love having Plex back at our big races. Yeah, a lot of times it's the most entertaining race of the day. Right, You're just because everybody crashes so much, you never know who's going to win till till the oh the yeah past the It's line, definitely you know? like a, it's not over till it's over. You know, so Chris Nelson, uh, who I'm pretty sure is from Sioux City, I think. No idea. I think so. Or Sioux Falls. He's, mm-hmm. He was printing with those guys. So I'm pretty sure okay. that's where he's from. And then Easton Mosier got second. And he's definitely from Sioux City. He's with uh, Matt Mosier and Dayton Mosier. Mm-hmm. And they've been racing with us for oh, forever. A million years. Yeah. 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 And then Jackson Bullman, who is uh, Brian Bullman's kid, who mm-hmm. came down from Minnesota, yeah. got third. Oh, that's cool. And it was a surprise third because I'm pretty sure one of these kids broke. I think it was Josiah Roby. Oh. Josiah had this thing in the bag. Like he was Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And then his car broke. Oh. I was bummed out. Yeah. Cause I didn't expect to see him. Josiah's another young kid. Yeah. That races the Plex. And uh this was his first carpet race. You know, he'll just show up out of the blue, like he'll be gone for like three months and he'll show up. He's like, Why doesn't my stuff work? And why can't I drive this? <laughs> I'll be like, dude, you haven't driven in like a year. Like it, it <laughs> you know. Just yeah. Just take it for what it is. Come out to the track yeah. and, and and run. Yeah. You know? But he did break. That was kind of a bummer. But um, but it was nice to see you know a couple of these other little kids who who got surprised at the end. I, Jackson's face was like, "What? I got what third? I get this plaque? Yeah, freaking awesome!" Like his picture, he was all like super smiley and his he had this little five year old smile face going on. It's mm-hmm. pretty, it pretty neat. So stadium truck, uh, stadium truck was pretty much dominated by Caden Bairding. Yeah, he was your TQ. I don't. I think he had a good start. It seemed like it. I don't I mean he had a hell of a lead. I don't remember talking about him at yeah. all in the race. I remember talking about second and third. I think Peevler had struggled in qualifying because he didn't seed on the night before. So he got stuck in the, the bottom heat. And then he, uh, a spot opened up in the second heat. So I, so in order to make the heats kind of the same number, I moved him up to the, to the second heat and he qualified six, but he clearly had a fast truck. Um, he ended up third him and, uh, I think him and John and Phil, Farmer Phil, were having a pretty good race there for a while until the very end when it kind of yeah, kind of spread out a little bit. Um, West Hicks, David Bradford, Don Drews, and Todd Brewer 
uh, finished eighth. It was nice to see Todd. I hadn't seen him a couple weeks, so I'm glad he came. That's kind of your standard. Honestly, that's kind of your standard weekly truck event, with the exception of like David Bradford, who came from from uh, the Fort Dodge area. Yeah, right. Um, I was trying to think of where he was from. Yeah. Moving up here, so two-wheel drive mod buggy. This one, you were in? Yeah. And, uh, man, this was a, uh, a butt clincher. <laughs> yeah, it was a close race. So tell us about it. <laughs> uh, well, the layout was one that it didn't really seem like anybody was just going to drive away. Like I couldn't, it, it was a really like slower technical layout. Not a lot of difference between stock and modified speeds. No, they're really, I mean, and, but, but, but you guys could put down 14 threes and fours every once in a while and yeah. stock could, could maybe squeeze out a 15, one or two. Right. So right. there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, no, that's true. But I, I guess like from what we normally do, or with the layouts we normally run, like I kind of check out or I can. Right. And this one being so much slower with a lot of 180s, and which is fine. I'm not complaining about the layout or anything, mm. but I'm just saying like it it produced closer racing. There was probably, and I only really noticed it in two-wheel drive. Four-wheel four drive, I didn't notice it. But the far left-hand side of the track where it was gray carpet with the step down or the stairs that was probably like the lowest grip yes. part of the track oh yeah so it was like stock buggy speed yeah once you got on to- top of that thing and i was getting just kind of eaten alive there at times but you know it's kind of had it was like the slower i tried to drive my car the faster it was like and i would get those 14 7 i noticed that myself in practice yeah i actually i turned down my radio 10 points mm-hmm. i turned down emerson's 20 yeah. Without telling him. Yeah. I ran 85% throttle. Yeah. And he went faster mm-hmm. and he crashed way less when I did that. Yeah. So that was really good. I also turned my drive frequency way up. Did you? Too. Yeah. So Aiden Olson, I mean, let's be frank about this. He probably had you guys. Yeah. I mean, he, he was clearly the fastest car. His fast lap was a 14.6 in the main. Uh, you and Derek had 14.9s. Mm-hmm. He probably should have TQ'd. But he just crashed. He had faster fast laps pretty much all day today, yesterday on Saturday. But he just crashed. He just crashed a few times, mm-hmm. you know. And last Saturday, probably should have won that race too. But he just crashed, don't you think? Because he was. I mean, he was ahead of you. Yeah. And I was reeling him in. It was I mean, crazy how fast he was to me. I like. I don't know. It's like after the Reedy race, all of a sudden, he's just. I I feel like he's just been way faster. Yeah. But fast laps are one thing, putting a whole race together is another. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you, you, you won by two seconds. Yeah. In the end. Mm-hmm. And even though he had fast lap, you know, unfortunately it didn't equate to a win. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, the last round of the summer series, he qualified second mm-hmm. in front of like, I think it was, I think Tom TQ'd maybe or something like that. And it was, yeah. but he can qualify in front of Alex, in front of Mason. So he's got this speed. Mm-hmm. We just, he's just got to get the crashes out of the way. Yeah. It's just like with carpet racing, the one thing I've noticed that I, I think makes the biggest difference and not crashing is it's like, it's not like dirt where you can just come out swinging, you know, you mm-hmm. can't, you can't start trying to drive super fast. Mm-mm. And it, I think the, the front tires heat up faster than the rears and they start grabbing and making your car slide and you can't 
slide on carpet because your car will just grab and flip over and that's when your car becomes unpredictable. Yeah. So it's like you have to kind of build your run up like in the first minute building the heat up and the tires kind of evenly and then that's when the issues don't happen. With dirt, it's a little different, you know. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if he could just like put together a run, he'd be fine. Then it was Derek Mitchell, Brian and Emerson and... That again, honestly, that's that's your weekly modified A main, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, Derek, he had a f he had some fast laps in there, but he just he had, I think he missed the the kicker jump a few times. Yeah, and that that really set him back from there. And then he had to worry about Mitchell Pavel for a little bit. My son Emerson, he was up there for a little while, and then he started crashing a lot. So yeah, if Derek didn't uh, go outside of the track that one time, he would have been right there with yeah Aiden and I. Yep. So. Moving on to uh, expert buggy. So this one, we had a, a pretty good split between a couple guys uh, in, in 17.5 and in 13.5. So Ethan Dallaire, Brian Bullman, Caden Birding, and then Dayton, Mosier, Cameron Martin, Wade Garing, Brandon Wynn, and John Kinzer. And this was a really good race until the very end. Ethan didn't necessarily drive away from everybody because Brian TQ'd and I think, I think he crashed early, didn't he? I don't know. I was marshalling. So maybe Ethan did. See it. Maybe Ethan did drive away from everybody in this one. Actually, now that yeah, I, think I thought about he it. lapped up to like second. Yeah, he or did. Third. I think I think Brian crashed early, and the field kind of crashed behind him, and then Ethan got away, and I think he was gone. Mm -hmm. I think it was thirteen five, where it was kind of a yeah. barn burner. Yep. Everybody kind of stock buggy was was really close this weekend. We had it was the biggest turnout, and it was hard to make the A. There were f I remember there were five guys that had. Oh sixes for times. Mm -hmm. So we qualify based on time. So they had a, like a 24, 23 lap at five Oh six. And there was five guys that had that exact same time. And it came down to tenths of seconds. And two of those guys were in the B main. Yeah. I mean, that's how crazy stock was today or, or Saturday. Yeah. And that's what it's supposed to be. That's why stock mod, you know, usually there's separation stock. Not so much. If we go to 13, five, four wheel drive, they flipped Brian Bowman. He won and Ethan Dallaire got second. And then Ethan Mickelson, who had a horrible day in qualifying, if I remember right, like I think he barely, he made the A main on the last qualifier, uh, qualifying fifth or sixth, and then um, was able to get through kind of, kind of the field after that. And um, I think he drives for Serpent. So they had a, it was Serpent. I think it was either, was Ethan running a PR? He still ran a PR four wheel drive. Okay. Yeah. And then it was until he gets his new car. Right. And then it was Ethan uh, with an, with Ethan Mickelson with a, with another serpent. So the mm -hmm. Minnesota guys came down It's a serpent team and they all did pretty well. Yeah. You know, so Bowman, I, this was a pretty close race, but I think Ethan just crashed too much. He had, he had like two more, two or three more crashes than, than Brian did. Yeah. And that was really the difference. That car looks twitchy city. Yeah. It looks really hard to drive. Yeah. And then if you look at the lap times, I mean, the, the, the leaders had 23 laps, eighth place had 21 laps. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a little bit more traffic to kind of get through. And, you know, I, I thought I did a pretty good job of getting everybody on the stand or, I'm you know, out there on the track to move. Yeah. You know, but, um, I, I remember a couple of times where the, the leader had to wait a few corners to get through and then second place didn't. So the second place would benefit from the guys getting out of the way at a certain time. Yeah. And, but then it would stretch back out again. And, and it was just, it was kind of, kind of an interesting accordion effect. So four wheel drive mod buggy, you took that one mm -hmm. 
And uh, dude, <laughs> Derek Wood only <laughs> finished like one second behind you, but it was probably closer than that. Yeah. Derek's fast lap was a 14.4. Yeah. Yours was a 14.6. Nobody else is really that close. Yeah. Aiden Olson, unfortunately, that 22X4 does not look good on carpet. I hate to say it, but it looks it looked awesome on dirt. Not so mm-hmm. much on carpet yet. So yeah. I just don't think they have a good carpet setup for that car. Mm-hmm. But definitely you two were gone. Yeah. It was it was a it was a battle. Derek had it. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't it the last lap? Yeah, I passed him on the last lap. You or, guys had it. Mm-hmm. You passed him over the kicker jump. Yeah. It was cool. It was a cool finish. Mm-hmm. And everybody was clapping, everybody's cheering. You guys were, were were like after the race, were like, were like um bro hugging. That's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah. You know? Nobody's pissed off. Everybody's mm-hmm. happy, you know. Derek's gonna be really fast this summer. Yeah, that he's back. There's no questioning that at all. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of like you, where he's very um, precise with his setups and stuff. Yeah, you know, he's very well, yeah, setup oriented. Him, him, and I've been working together, and he's pretty much just telling. He he has a lot of really good ideas. So I'll like I didn't change anything on either one of my cars all weekend, and he did a lot of changing, mm. and it shows, you know. I felt comfortable with what I had and it's like, I, I almost need like a day to practice to like, <laughs> I wish we could practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I just put something on, I know that works and I just try to drive it different. Hang, hang on a second. Oh man. <sighs> hey, pass me a kickstart. I got to get that colonoscopy stuff taste out of my mouth. <laughs> so independent, uh, 21.5 two-wheel drive buggy. I just like to say that 21.5 is a really perfect speed for the carpet. Yeah, I would say so. It, it Whenever I drive those, they look like they're going a lot faster than uh, 21.5 should be. You yeah. Know? But um, I think that like a lot of the other races we go to, they lock the gearing on them. Right. But um, I didn't feel like doing that. No, I, I part of it was because I don't have anybody to help me tech. Well, that and not everybody's using the same motor either. <laughs> right. Wade Gehring, uh, his <laughs> I'm not going to say how he put it here on the podcast, but basically his his other little kid uh, didn't want to come. I think it was Grayson. Yeah. Uh, didn't want to come. So he's just like, well, I'm I'm racing his car then. So he took his car and he raced it. Yeah. Wade doesn't have any sponsors. Mm-hmm. So he's free to you know, do whatever he wants. And he, he raced 21 five and he TQ'd in one. Justin Stevie probably could have had something for him. And Justin also was racing 17 five and he got a 21 five to race, uh, this class too. He doesn't have any sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed pretty happy with his car and, and, and that, you know, the speed and everything. And then it was cool because like Quentin Martin, who's running that Schumacher. Yeah. Um, he got third, his kid, Trevin was right there behind him until like the very end and they were having a really good race. I think Trevin punted him over one of the humps. <laughs> <laughs> and I said something like, Oh man, when in doubt, take your dad out. And they both were cracking up on the driver's stand. Yeah. Which is how, again, it's supposed to be. Yeah. You're supposed to have fun if, you know, especially if it's your own kid. Like if Emerson takes me out in a race, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, you're walking home. Yeah. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it'd be like, well, you know, I probably had it coming. Yeah. You know, whatever. I brought you into this world. Yeah. I can take you out. Yep. <laughs> uh, Joe Snow's got fifth. Uh, Jackson Anderson 
that's a nice kid. Yeah. And he, he, he just got introduced to carpet three weeks ago. He's been in a, he's been in a Friday night dirt racer, mm-hmm. decided he wanted to try carpet. All of a sudden he's a carpet racer. Yeah. It's all about carpet. Jackson's like texting me 24 <laughs> seven about stuff. And he's like, do you have a motor I could borrow? And so like, I'm like, yeah, let me go through some 10 boxes in my basement. See if I can find it. Dude, his car was pretty <laughs> jacked up two weeks ago though. Like yeah. the bell cranks were on backwards. Yeah. So his car was all wrong steering wise and everything. And I'm like, dude, you need to fix this right here. Yeah. And he's really been, but you know what? He's another one of those kids. kind of like Aiden where he's actually, he wants to get his stuff right. Yeah. So, so I'm happy to see that. Yeah. He's always pitting next to me. Yeah. I remember like the first, cause I didn't know him when he like started pitting next to me. Yeah. I was like, who's this guy? Like, and cause Brian Burt normally pits next to me on my left. And I was like, well, who's this guy next to me? And then it was like, oh, hi, I'm Jackson. We're friends on Facebook. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, hi. And he's like, I wanted to pit next to you because I need some help. Like, okay, cool. That's a good reason. Yeah. So like I've been like wrenching all of his stuff. He's like, like after I run tires, I take them off my car. He's like, are you going to keep running those? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like I've been giving him all my old tires. They're like all my used up stuff. Oh, so. man. Phil Palmer finished seventh. Gage Noonan. Finished eighth, actually out-qualified his dad. Dude, Derek Noonan had a horrible day Saturday. So Derek's usually up here. Mm-hmm. He's the dad of of, of Gage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor dude. I think he broke his truck, and I think, in buggy. He didn't have a very good B-Main. Yeah. Um, his youngest kid, I think it's is it Grayson. Sounds right. Dude, I'm... I, I, well, Grayson's Justin's kid. Grayson's Justin's kid, you're right. It's Gage and... Uh, Oh gosh. How come I always forget their kids' names? I'm know. horrible with that. I don't know why. They're the only two the, the I'm Wade and Gary Wade and Derek's kids. I can never get their names right ever. To this and I've known they've been coming for like a year now and I keep screwing it up. I'm the worst with names. Yeah. But it was nice to see it was nice to see Gage get up there. I think he I think he did pretty good in truck too. But you know what? I mean, that was a really good, really good the twenty one five was was it was great. It was sixteen cars. So it was like our, maybe our second biggest class, I think. Yeah, that's not too bad. And then, uh, you know, 40 plus modified. I know you're going to make fun of me for racing it, but uh, but I TQ'd in one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brandon Wynn and Cameron Martin were second and third. I've known Brandon and Cameron since I was probably 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. I probably knew Brandon longer because he's been a Des Moines guy forever, but I don't, I don't really remember him until we started going to regionals and stuff. Uh, it was nice to see those guys come out. They both ran Losi, so it was an all Losi three uh, podium. Yeah, which to me doesn't mean a whole lot since I don't really care what I drive anymore. But mm-hmm. still, it's probably probably kind of interesting to see that. And we all had cool paint jobs. Yeah, and we all looked really old in our podium. Yeah, um, David Radford's fourth, Farmer Phil fifth, Brian Burnt was sixth, and Rod Case was seventh. I think we had nine forty plus cars, and I didn't want to run all nine in the main because nine nine or 10 cars on, on the track that we run on is a lot and it just yeah. causes a crash fest. Well, and it, okay. So the, I don't think nine cars is nine cars is a lot if they're not all in the same lap. Right. So if you, <laughs> you see what and I'm that's saying, what I'm trying like to say, a, I'm, I'm, I'm he, basically, I think if we had nine drivers and this is what it was like in mod two wheel too, cause mm-hmm. it was only nine of you. Right. If all of you guys were within eight seconds of each other, we mm-hmm. probably would have ran all nine of you in the main. Right. But when there's a two lap difference between first place and seventh place. Right. And there's a more lap difference between that. Then all of a sudden 
for me, I'm more interested in people coming and having a good experience and racing and not just saying they made the A. Right. And then the A main doesn't turn out to be a fun race because they're getting out of the way every five seconds. Yeah. And the leaders are struggling too mm -hmm. to not take anybody out every five seconds. And it just yeah. turns into a cluster. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that that's a good experience. So we did split it up in both classes, but in the pro four or in the, in the 40 plus main, uh, the couple guys didn't race their lower main. So there was just three of them up there and I'm like, well, seven's not bad. So yeah. I just bumped all three of them up mm -hmm. and that's how we ended up with seven yeah. in the main. So it, I think it worked out. I think the guys that stuck around, I think they, they probably were happy with the fact that they got the extra race in. Sure. So overall, I think the crash in was great. I think the atmosphere was really fun. It was definitely, um, it was definitely a higher level in what we feel in our club racing. I think it was, it was definitely had a big race feel to it, mm -hmm. which in previous years when we only had like 70 entries, it wasn't, it didn't feel that way to me. It was just right. another club race. This one definitely felt better. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it felt a little bit more legitimate because we did have over hundred entries. Yeah. And I think those that, that came for here for the first time, finally got a taste of how we do carpet off road. Right. And I think they all enjoyed it. Yeah. And no, hopefully I, we'll be back. I think we've had like great layouts all year. Had a good grip all year. The jumps are always built really well. Dude, like, this weekend, no tears on the carpet either. Yeah. We had 112 entries and there was no carnage on the exposed carpet. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. It's a perfect weekend. Yeah. So I was really What more can you ask for? <laughs> Slightly bigger carpet track. Yeah. But that ain't going to happen. So. No. Uh, the, the, we need, we, the quality is higher, you know, like, yeah. yeah, that's the way I look at it. Like you do the most with what you have. Yep. You won't even notice the size. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, I get it. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm still, I'm just, stupid. I wasn't supposed to drive today. <laughs> Did you know that? I'm not supposed to drive today. And I drove here, uh, but I didn't, I don't feel like the anesthesia is affecting me anymore. So whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one? All right. We only got a few minutes left. Um, okay. we didn't ask for any questions for this episode because this was kind of a surprise episode. Yeah. I wanted to bring up something that I've been meaning to bring up for a while. And it kind of ties into the whole fact that I did get a colonoscopy. What is the deal with all the products in the hobby shops that are involved with poop? I don't know. There are tons of them. Like we, we had a running joke for almost eight months of our what's new Wednesdays of including products that have something to do with poop. And that's <laughs> shitty. <laughs> but, but I don't know about you guys, Yeah. but if like anything, even remotely poopy comes anywhere near me, mm -hmm. dude, I'm washing the crap out of my, out of whatever it touches, usually the finger. But I mean, there's. There's these emoji uh, poop dolls. Yeah. They're like $2.99. There's um, Play-Doh mm -hmm. that you can squeeze out and it looks like dog poo. Yeah. Uh, like I don't, there's uh, back in my day, we didn't tell nobody when we were going poop or nothing and we liked it. We were happy that way. Yeah. There's a couple games. Yeah. Like flush and frenzy. Yeah. Where, where the whole point of the game is that this, 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 this poop thing comes out of the yeah, toilet you, and you're supposed to catch it. Yeah. It's like, why they, they should turn that into a Mr. Hanky South Park game. They totally should. There's a keychain 
that makes like cat fart noises. Cat farts? Yeah. Yeah. So you squeeze it and it's like, bleh, bleh, bleh. and it's, it's a cat and it makes these bleh, 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 noises and it's supposed to be, and it's in the shape of a cat. So it's a cat that like poops. <laughs> there's these squeezy things that you squeeze them. And then like it, like this, like there's a, uh, uh, what are those sloths sloths? They have these sloths. Yeah. It's a, it's a keychain in the shape of a sloth and you squeeze it and it like poop comes out of it and then it gets sucked back in. What is the bizarre? Deal? I never knew there was that many products and I never knew there was a market for that. Is, is all this stuff coming from the home office, like warehouse? <laughs> no, not oh. well. Some of it, some of the games. Yeah. So, I wonder if like Jason's disorder is like, give me all the, give me all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hello, China. Yes. You're going to like this order. <laughs> Anyways, I've been wanting to bring that up for several weeks now. But I just, it's so weird to me. Mm -hmm. I never knew there's a market for poop stuff until I started doing these What's New Wednesdays. Yeah. And I'm trying to make Cameron, who's, who's, who usually does the video, I try to make him laugh mm -hmm. um, so that you can hear it on the, on the, on the YouTube thing. Yeah. Number and one in a number two market. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, uh, real quick, how did you do in St. Louis? Uh, we left you last time you went down there. I think I did okay. I didn't prepare for that race. The last time I'd been, or well, um, the last time I'd been on dirt before that was in November at the RC compound. So after not having to been on dirt in three months, finishing, I believe 21st and modified two wheel and um, I think 23rd modified four wheel. Yeah. That's not terrible. Yeah, not terrible. Could have done a lot better. There was a whole bunch of Omaha guys that went down there. Yeah. It was like Wade, Will, yeah. you, Andy. Kyle yeah. Gannon did really good down there. Yeah. Kyle yeah. Gannon won 40 plus mod and mm -hmm. he did really good in stock. Yep. Right. Nearly made the A main and modified two wheel, two -wheel. or yeah. state regular, whatever. Not, not, I, I always think open. Yeah. But they have an actual open modified two wheel. It's a different class. That's what I would run. Well, I was, I, I didn't, all I, I read it, it just said 100% sponsor or something. And I'm like, I'm dyslexic really bad. So I just read it, like just glanced over it and didn't think, I was like, eh, it's my, whatever. And so there, it was no 100% sponsored right. drivers. I yeah. was like, dude. dude. If Emerson and I are able to go to one of those, I'll definitely run that class. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Kyle almost made the main and like, I, I'll just call it pro modified two wheel. Yeah. yeah. So, but nice. yeah, I, I think open is in like whatever, but it's yeah. not that anymore. So, um, you can find me on Hobbyplex after hours, uh, every Thursday at nine o'clock. I did do a live show during the track build and it was terrible because I didn't realize that my computer could pick up every single noise that was made inside the building. So I was on the other side of the track, like a hundred feet away with my headphones on barely, barely singing Pearl Jam. And you could hear every single word I said and how bad I sounded. Hmm. It was terrible. Were you like, Jeremy Spoken class today? <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Uh, it was, uh, I was singing Corduroy oh. from uh, from um, uh, the second album, gosh darn it, uh, Vitology. Yeah. Yeah. I was singing that song. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, whatever. So I won't do that again. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to have to get like a different camera or a different mic or turn off the sound or whatever. So, but Hobbyplex after hours, uh, 9 PM every Thursday in central, um, you can guy find me on the Hobbyplex show, YouTube cat channel, 
which if you haven't subscribed to yet out there, you probably should because we're getting really close to a thousand subscribers and that'd be awesome. Um, and then, uh, we'll try to do what's new Wednesday tomorrow if we get anything new in. Uh, and we may do some, there's just regular racing this weekend. So there's not too much stuff to go over other than that. Yeah. Well, the pressure is off for the point series. Thank God. Yeah. Whatever. So, um, yeah. I'm going to try some stuff on my car and like, not like do, do some really weird out of the win. box stuff. I just have to win one more race to get my confidence up. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you bud. Whatever. Just shut up. <laughs> so that's it again. It's, uh, we just got to give a shout out to. Our new uh, our new sponsor that we're going to be plugging. Um, hopefully, the next show will have a full thing. But it's uh, Pivot Lending. Uh, you can find them on www.pivotlending.com. There's nothing more awesome than buying a home. Gretchen and I have owned our home since 2007. So yeah, um, I live in a home. Build up some equity and yeah, and, uh, pass it down to your kids or, or whomever. Yeah, <laughs> my sister's like whatever. Shut up. She didn't like owning her own home. She didn't like it at all. Man, okay, we've rambled on. I'm sorry, but uh, we had a little bit to cover this weekend. We appreciate you uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Yep, see ya. Yeah.